Hello, everybody. Welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. Together, we are going to summarize the current book that we have all been separately reading and dive into a discussion on all the questions and hypotheses that have plagued us through our journeys. And, of course, we are going to drink while we're doing it. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Jessica. Nothing? You seemed like you were hesitating on my name there. What's you my had name a, again? You had a pause. What's my name again? What's my, What's name, my again? name? And our very best friend, Amanda. Nothing. Nothing. Man, you guys are lame tonight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I am... The Skywalker. I thought you were going to say Iron Man. Or that. <laughs> the Emperor might be a little jealous of that nickname, though. And I'm excited to be here. <laughs> wow, Same. you're real lame tonight. I am real lame tonight. <laughs> How's it going? How's everybody doing? Good. I'm so pumped for this. I'm stressed, but not about this. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Aren't Amanda. we all? <laughs> It'll be fine. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm excited for it to be done. <laughs> Are we talking about, talking about the series now or my wedding? Because... Both, both, definitely both. <laughs> so. Side note. So Nick and I went and got our marriage license the other day. And uh, do you remember, I thought it was so bizarre, but do you remember them asking you if you were closer than second cousins? Yes. Yes. I thought that was so weird. And so she asked us this question. She's like, I have to ask you these questions. You both have to answer. So she asked us this question and Nick being Nick makes this big joke. And he's like, no, but good thing we looked at the family tree before we came here. (laughs) And she was just not amused. She just kept staring at her screen. And I looked at him and I was like, maybe we don't joke with these people (laughs) because you know, they kind of have, they have the power to, you know, not give us a license. And he just thought it was the funniest thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience to say the least. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sitting in that little corner, and they're like, here, read these pamphlets about STDs. (laughs) She didn't even have us read it. She's just like, here, just sign here saying I offered it. And I was like, okay, cool, because I'm good. (laughs) But then there was a couple down on the other side of the office, and I saw the guy, like, had it completely open, reading it. (laughs) Just got to be sure, right? so funny. So funny. When, When I went back to turn in our marriage certificate... I was sitting there because they had to go off in the back to, you know, stamp it and do whatever they did. But I definitely pulled it open and read it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe it's just a guy thing. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like it. I was like, mm, I'm not interested. Thanks. <laughs> You're not interested in some STDs? No, I'll pass today. Thanks. Maybe next time. <laughs> next time when you come back with your first yeah, cousin. you know. It's fine. <laughs> well, and then we were driving home and Nick's like, what if we said, like, no, we're... We're not cousins, but we're siblings. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, so weird. Man, why didn't we think of that? We're not as clever as Nick. Never. Ugh, man, I don't know. It was just, yeah. I mean, it was quick, which I was totally down with, because I forgot that they closed at four. Mm-hmm. So I left work at three, 
all the way up in Mishawaka. Oh, and I'm like no. coming back. Well, and then I picked them up and I was like, they closed at five, right? And I called them just to make sure that we had all the information and stuff. Because some states require like birth certificates, oh, witnesses, yeah. things like that. And like, oh yeah, also we close at four. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll be there soon. And so we got there and kid you not, like quarter till. And we were out before four, but Could there do. were people still walking in. It was crazy, but quick and painless and... Jeez. One more thing off the checklist, right? There you go. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was really funny. I thought I had to share that little story because I just thought that was the weirdest question. <laughs> like, That's so Okay, funny. cool. <laughs> so what do they do if you say yes? Well, and then they have to continue <laughs> like asking questions like, have you ever, by a physician or psychiatrist, mm-hmm. been like stated that you're not of the sound mind? Oh, yeah. Under influence of alcohol, drugs. Have you ever been registered as a sex offender? And I was like, do people tell you yes? Like, do you actually, like, fact check this? Because... Did you ask? No. But I'm thinking this in my head. Like, are people, like, honestly telling you, like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the list. Like, are they going back through and checking names up in some database? I don't know. Like, are they taking the time to do that with all the marriage licenses? Like, Hmm. the applications they get in there? I don't know. I don't know. Because if not, someone could just easily lie. I mean, yeah. Interesting. I didn't put that much thought into it when when we went to get ours, so. You just thinking another thing we have to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just started thinking about it when I was driving home. I was like, huh. What an interesting job. <laughs> very, very, very I feel like interesting you get more in- information than you sometimes want. Than you need, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was my week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys? My my week has been binging this book because I've had two weeks to read it, but I was stuck on another book for last week. and So then I had to read this one in four days. That's that's about all I have been doing. Trying to get in the last few scraps of good weather. Oh, yeah, it's going downhill from here. Mm, yep, that was today. Today yeah. was the downhill. What about you? How's your week been? Stressful. Yeah. It's been a I it's been tell. a week. That's a good thing you finished the book super early. It is, because yeah. I would I would not have had time this week. I've been so uh, I'm head of IT over two plants and I've been back and forth between both of them like crazy for the last two weeks and Yeah. I get into it, but nobody wants to hear my my sap sap story for the week. So I feel like I have salt with IT guys because there's this IT guy at work. His name's Jeff. Jeff, if you're listening, we have beef. But <laughs> every single time I call him with a computer issue, he's always the first thing he asks me: "Did you reboot it?" Yes, Jeff. I rebooted my computer. I tried that already. Can you give me another solution? Maybe that's not the right phrase that IT guys are supposed to. That's be what he tells me. How are you supposed to ask it? Did you turn it off and on? <laughs> Did you turn it off and back yeah. on again? Yeah, every single time. And then he never gives me a solution, so I have to call another IT guy. I'm like, hey, this, Jeff didn't help me. Can you come over and like figure this out? You got an IT guy on call oh, right there? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but we're our offices are pretty far apart, so. <laughs> he remotely helps me. He's tapped into my computer at oh, work. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm just like, dude, come on. Yeah, uh, Jess's work owes me. Five pizzas and a case of beer. I still haven't seen that payment yet. <laughs> Ooh. 
Where's my payment? <laughs> That's pretty specific. I have given you pizza. I have not gotten you the beer yet. But you still have some, so finish that all first. As an employee for your company or his wife? Both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One pizza per. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> you have uh, you have two beers here? One each. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought those. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You're married now. It's all... <laughs> It's all the same, man. <laughs> all right. Well, That's... I mean, uh, let's dig into it. So our book this week was Queen of Shadows, the fifth book in the Throne of Glass series. Because I think no matter what, you read the Assassin's Blade before this one, right? Correct. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a much light- lighter episode than the last. I so. think technically... It's considered the fourth book in the series because the Assassin's Blade is just a bunch of novellas. Right. So, just saying. The fifth book we've gone over, but technically the fourth in the series. If we're getting specific on it. Specifics. Can I be honest? I really blacked out the last episode we did because I did not like the book that much. (laughs) Like that much that I completely just blacked it all out. Oh, we are all on the same like, there page. Were, there were some references in this book to what happened during that time frame. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that because I hated that book. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say hate. It was just my least favorite thus far. It'll probably remain your least I favorite. I think it will remain my least favorite. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, yeah, there were just things I was just like, okay, yes, I do remember. I do remember that being a topic. Yeah. But then oh, I was, was just like, oh, details. <laughs> I don't remember any of them. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So in uh, standard order, we're going to give the synopsis. This week we're doing part one and part two because this is a big book and it is in two very, very distinct parts. So we'll discuss part one. Or, sorry, Jess, we'll give the synopsis of part one. We'll do our discussion and we'll probably skip over hypotheses for that because... You know, we'll get into that at the end of the book. But So, Jessica, take it away. So, this time I'm going to start with the uh, Amazon book description, just because I, I like the little bit. So, uh, everyone that Selena Sardothian knows and loves has been taken from her, um, but at last she's returned to the Empire for vengeance, to rescue her once glorious kingdom, and to confront the shadows of her past. She has embraced her identity as Aelin Galathinius, Queen of Terrison. But before she can reclaim her throne, she must fight. She will fight for her cousin, a warrior prepared to die just to see her again. She will fight for her friend, a young man trapped in an unspeakable prison. And she will fight for her people, enslaved to a brutal king, and awaiting their lost queen's triumphant return. So... What a climactic book this was. From cover to cover, it was constantly action-packed, full of twists and turns, and an absolute struggle to put down. Queen of Shadows was split into two parts, and they sometimes seemed almost as if they were separate books by the very end with the focus of uh, each half. So, part one starts with Dorian's point of view, who's been living in darkness. Most of his memories are gone, and he doesn't even know his own name. He knows something is living inside him, trying to overtake his mind. 
He knows he can't fight it much longer. Meanwhile, Aelin returns to Rifthold and finds Arabin Hamill in a tavern. He tells her that Adian is imprisoned for treason and will be executed in three days. He offers to help her rescue him if she will bring him a Volg uh, demon. He also directs her on where to find Kaol. Aelin encounters Nezrin Felique, who takes her to Kaol. They heatedly recount what has happened while they were sep- uh, separated. Kaol knows how to restore magic, but he won't share his secret with Aelin right now, which pretty well pisses her off. Kaol returns the Eye of Elena necklace, and Aelin returns the amethyst ring that he gave her. Arabin sends Aelin's old assassin uniform to her, and also sends Lysandra, who is a former rival. She has a letter her uh, former lover, Wesley, wrote before his death, explaining everything that happened leading up to Sam's death. Kaol and Nezrin go to the Shadow Market for a covert meeting with some guards from the castle, and they learn how the king's soldiers will be set up during the execution banquet. Aelin shows up and almost blows their cover, and Kaol asks her to make sure Dorian is unharmed during their castle raid. They argue about it, and Aelin lets Kaol know that she has heard about his intimate history with Nezrin from Erebin. Uh, Kaol then finally shares the secret of how to restore magic, in the dungeon, Adian is hiding the pain from an injury he incurred during his capture. He hopes to die from infection before his execution because he knows that it's a trap for Aelin. Dorian, under the spell of darkness, uh, has him healed anyway. Aelin follows through with her plan and is able to free Adian, and they fight their way out of the hall. While running away, they encounter Dorian, and Aelin asks him to give her a sign that he's still in there. He doesn't, so she goes to kill him, but is stopped by an arrow from Nezrin. They flee to Aelin's apartment, and the cousins talk about everything that they have been through in the last ten years that they were separated. Later, Aelin and Kaol meet Arabin, who has signed Aelin up to fight in the pits. She chooses a Volg demon commander as her opponent, who she kills pretty easily. Adian is slowly recovering, and they discuss Rowan, and Aelin discovers that... He is one of Adian's heroes. Adian hopes Rowan doesn't steal his blood oath. Um, during this time, Manon, the witches, and their wyverns have been at Morath for weeks now, awaiting orders from the king via Duke Parrington. Caltain is there with him and seems to be just an empty shell at this point. The witches are getting restless. The duke wants Manon to choose a clan to be implanted with Volg stones to see if they can breed with each other. Uh, Manon doesn't like this, but knows her grandmother is expecting her to obey what she's told. Astrin questions Manon's choices and ends up being demoted from second to third. A crippled human servant named Alid Locken is in Manon's room, and she can tell that the girl is hiding something. Manon scratches Alid and tastes, tastes her blood, as she's leaving the room, and tastes that she has witch's blood in her. A clan of yellow legs comes forward to volunteer for implantation, and Manon lets them do it. Manon asks Alid to choose whether she wants to ally with the witches or the humans, and Alid chooses to be a witch. Manon orders Alid to find out what's happening to the yellow legs witches in exchange for her protection, and Alid manages to take laundry down to the dungeons 
and sneak a peek and finds that they have given birth once already and are pregnant again. They are chained to tables and begging to be set free. Manon does not agree to free them as Astrin wants, and Astrin is demoted again. Um, Alid shares that she knew Aelin as a child and hopes that she's still alive. Alid is planning her own escape. Back in Rifthold, Aelin follows a Vogue soldier into the sewer and watches him talk to a creature that emerges from the water. It looks like one of the creatures carved in the clock tower by the palace, and it has the voice of the king. Aelin agrees to take Adian to a bar to get some fresh air, but on their way home, they find Rowan. Aelin's ecstatic, and the men act like territorial asses. (laughs) Back at the apartment, Rowan tells Adian his father is Gabriel, which he wasn't aware of. And Rowan mentions that he is blood sworn to Aelin, which infuriates Adian, and he leaves. Rowan reveals he came back to Aelin because Lorcan is nearby, thinking Maeve sent him to find the word key. Adian returns at breakfast, and they make up, and she tells him that he can swear the blood oath, too, if he wants to. Aelin sneaks out of her apartment that night, and Lorcan follows her. She lures him into a nest of Volg demons and leaves him for dead, but he escapes and catches up with her, revealing that Maeve still has plans to defeat them. Lysandra avi- uh, arrives, and Rowan identifies her as a shapeshifter, which she has never told anyone. She reveals she's been stuck in this body since the magic fell. She also says that Arabin will call in his favor of Aelin tomorrow. Aelin and Rowan catch a Volg demon to take with them. Aelin, Rowan, and Adian head to the Assassin's Keep for dinner with Arabin. He only allows Aelin to stay in the torture room that they took the Volg to. His plan is to find out how the king controls them. The demon reveals the king... Uh, The demon reveals the king slips the black stone on their finger, slices their skin, and licks their blood, and they are bound to him. Arabin slices off the demon's finger to obtain the ring and then kills the demon. They join the rest of the group for dinner, and Arabin witnesses the silent communication and bond between Aelin and Rowan, which, uh, with obvious annoyance. Arabin reveals he knows Aelin has been quietly wrecking his investments all over town, and she says she will only stop if he gives her the amulet of Orinth, her family heirloom, and the third word key, which he does. He then acts like he's going to kiss her, but slips the demon uh, ring on her finger, slits her palm, and licks her blood. He thinks he now controls her at this point. Aelin plays along until they are away from Arabin's men. The ring was a fake that she planted on the demon after she removed the real one. Aelin and Rowan hide the real amulet, and Aelin goes to the roof to wait out what she knows Lysandra is up to tonight, which is killing Arabin. After a while, uh, Rowan joins her. Aelin intimately touches his face, but he struggles internally and tells her not to touch him that way, and then leaves. Lysandra lies next to Arabin in his bed, and once he is fast asleep, she slits his throat with a knife from under her pillow. Aelin, Rowan, and Adian head to the keep after word about Arabin arrives. Arabin's top three men are trying to sort out what happened. Aelin asks to see the room, and it is a bloodbath. The banker arrives to read the will, and Arabin left everything to Aelin. The three men ask her to let them buy the keep 
from her, and she gives them three hours to raise the funds. While Aelin, Rowan, and Adian view Arabin's body, Aelin admits she switched the will. She then decapitates Arabin with her sword just to be sure that he's dead. And that ends part one. Woo! Yeah. What a stinking roller coaster. Oh my gosh, I was getting whiplash all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Well, and honestly, there was there was a moment when there was so much going on with like now we're cuz she had originally came back to the city to go after Arabin and the amulet. Yes. And then all of a sudden she finds out about Aiden being captured. And then now she's having all this drama with Kayle because he's blaming her for everything. And then all of a sudden Rowan is back. And it's literally like all these things. And at one point I was like, I forgot that she was, she had originally come for Arabin yes. until he like showed up. And then she's like, oh yeah, he's going to collect and I'm going to kill him. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah, and all this stuff with Sam and how he died. Like, all this stuff came out, and I was like, I really I really did forget that that was the original plan. Yeah. Because there was so much that happened in literally the first, like, 300-some pages. I know. It was so just back and forth and here and something going on, and there was no, there was no filler whatsoever. There's, like, it no room to breathe. Con- yes, it was constant. <laughs> Every moment there was something important going on yeah it was like roller coaster describes it perfectly like it was so up and down and i gotta say i really did like the writing in this book so much better than the others because i didn't know what she was planning until it was already happening Mm -hmm. versus the others like we knew her thought process as she was doing it and so the only like jaw-dropping moments i had is when something like action-packed was going on that was unpredictable. Yes. But in this, like, we literally had no idea what she was planning until after the fact. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was genius. I know. I know. Like, I just thought the writing was so much better in this book than they had been in previous. Not that the writing and others were bad. I just enjoyed it so much more because I was like, damn, girl, that was clever. Like, good job. There was obvious um, improvements yeah. between just over the last couple books you know barring last episodes but am i saying that because i really didn't like the last book we read i don't know but i'm just saying but think about it that was supposed to be like a prequel so this one compared with air of fire then compared with crown of midnight it's slowly gotten better to where this one is just obviously i just enjoyed i just enjoyed the story yeah honestly like (laughs) And it wasn't Absolutely. even, it wasn't even like just to like trying to get to like a certain point to figure out what happened. I was just like, I was just in it for the moment. Cause I really, there was so much enjoying the ride. Yeah. It yeah. was good. It was good. But I really liked the, the first, the first part. It was really, yeah. It was more of like the behind the scenes, mischievous, mm-hmm. you know, we get, we get a lot of closure in the first part of the book, you know? Yeah. Arabin's gone. He's done. It's over. Thank Christ. <laughs> you know, like, like I said in the last episode, the Assassin's Blade, I feel like, is written for you to hate Arabin. But by the end of the book, I didn't hate him. Throughout the the first part of this book, I hated that dude. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, just the way that she wrote him, I couldn't wait for him to eventually die. 
Well, especially at the end of Assassin's Blade, when it came out that he was the one that planned Sam's death and her to get captured. But then when we get into this book and we find out about the letter that Wesley wrote. Oh, my god! Describing literally everything that he had done, like detail by detail. Like, oh my gosh, what in the world? Like, we don't, they never tell us exactly, but the fact that he literally directed his torture is just, yeah, you couldn't help but hate him. And they, I mean, they did describe his body as pretty well, like, unrecognizable at that point. So uh, there's obviously something done to the dude. But I don't like that he used, like, the knowledge of where they buried him as a bargaining chip. Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, just so low. But honestly, good for the character because it really read him well. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah. And we, I mean, the other thing we got closure on was this was the Sam story. She mm-hmm. goes and visits the grave, and I thought that was just a really sweet moment between her and her and Rowan. Um, I don't care much for that ship, but I don't either. <laughs> You just you love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, you know what I really did like series though? OTP. I really did like the little smut action that was going on across the table, like the little like dirty thoughts back and forth. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay, I see. All right, we're growing up now. She knew uh, what she was doing putting on that dress. Oh, for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Ugh. it's not my favorite relationship. No, I love them so much. I love them <laughs> so much. Ugh. I don't know. I I'm still at the point where I'm I'm like ninety percent sure she's gonna end up with Dorian by the end of the series. But I mean this really? book, this book <laughs> changed really? a lot and <laughs> I I just I don't I don't like the Guess we'll see. What should we call it? Like do you not think that he is only in Rolling. her so much because of the blood oath? No, because I don't know that he would have done that in the first place had there not been some sort of connection otherwise. Like, do you think that Selena, sorry, Aelin now (laughs) is... is She says there is no more Selena Sardothia. I know. But do you think she's kind of like the, you know, the first girl you fell in love with? Like the, the girl with the flowers? Lyria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's another one of those where... He first saw her and knew that they were mates. No. No, I don't. He he first saw her and thought she was a pain in the ass. That's what I'm saying, but like they're like destined to be together. I don't know. I mean, no one's talking fates at this point. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Guess we'll see. I mean, she doesn't have a good history with romance, I'm oh, just saying. God, no, she doesn't, but all my bets are on. I'm interested to see how the the fame mating bond works in this series compared to um, Moss's other series hmm. because she gets really in depth elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see how she writes all of that. If that's even, if she even writes any more on that right in this series, because we know that he was, he was mated to Lyria. Right. Yeah. So just, just an interesting thought as somebody who's, read more than one of her series yeah as of reading this so Mm. you'll understand i know i'll get there um i was was really upset with her first conversation back with kale (laughs) 
That made me sad. <laughs> yeah, I could t- you were so mad. I was. I thought she was being completely unreasonable. I think she was just talking. I, like, not that he, what she could have done anything, because I don't think, like, what he was thinking either was fair in any regard. I yeah. think they were just both mad and were just blaming each other. And I was just mad at the situation, because I was like, you're both acting stupid and childish yeah. right now. Yeah. Get over it. And then they just held on to it, and then were just finding other ways to nitpick at each other and cause fights. <laughs> and I was like, this is the stupidest, stupidest fights right now. Well, think about it. That's very them. I know. That's very them from even before, from Throne of Glass. That's what I was thinking. I was like, we're way back to like when we first met each other and like all we're doing is fighting. Back and forth, constantly. Over nothing. So I I think that's just in the nature of those two's relationship, no matter how romantic or platonic it is. Yeah. I'm glad that one's over. (sighs) Not going to lie. I I don't miss it. I don't miss it because Nubu... (laughs) Ew. Because Nezrin? Yeah, I like no. Nezrin too. <laughs> I mean, that could be cute. That could be cute. Guess we'll see where that goes. I think it'll happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess we'll, we'll see about yeah, that. Yeah, I really liked her character. I think she was a nice balance. I agree. But, I do. But you were talking about liking how part one... Um, wrapped things up and gave some closure to things. It kind of did that with the Aelin and Kale. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah part yeah. two, because, you know, no matter how much they were bickering and pissy with each other originally, you know, they got to a point where they, you know, had some sort of closure discussion and ended that conversation amicably enough at that point. So, that's something there, too. It was extremely well-written. The I mean, the whole first part legitimately could have been... One book. One mm-hmm. book, Queen yeah. of Shadows, and then they could have made part two and do a, a new, you know, a second book. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, I mean, it was, it was just extremely well put together. The... It... This was by far my favorite start to any of the books because it was it was just hit the ground and go. Right. That first chapter. The first chapter where Dorian's just inside his brain not knowing who he is or what's going on was just so sad. Oh, you feel so bad for him because he's like, you know, I put up these walls and I'm able to kind of protect myself, but it's not going to last long. And you you do, you feel bad for him in the few chapters in this section where he's, he's like, who am I? What is, what is this thing doing with my body? Why am I? Like, oh, that, that face looks kind of familiar. I don't know what that name is or that name sounds kind of familiar. Who is that? Or, yeah. Yeah. The, I think his his um chapters were definitely well written to give the feel of just being in a fog so yeah, yeah i'm yeah. glad Arabin's dead <laughs> that's done it's taken care of <laughs> sam's closure was nice the the whole scene with her and rowan at the at the tombstone was was great um adian leaving little stones <laughs> that was right. sad oh yeah, but I'm I'm glad she she got that for herself because I feel like that's something like she needed before she could move forward. You know, I was thinking about 
I was thinking earlier about, because I, I love Kale's character. And I think why I love Kale's character is because he reminds me so much of Aelin, but he's going through similar things that she went through just years later to where literally everything that he's ever known is just ripped up from the ground and he has to make all these decisions himself, which Aelin had that, but when she was eight and she was in just in survival mode. But now he's like, what, how old is he? 20? Something like that. Maybe a little older. Probably 21 at this point. Yeah. And he's trying to figure all this out and what's right and what's wrong. And I think he's justified in being nervous about what it looks like when magic comes back. But I think that they're so similar in that way that they just, they butt heads. But then I feel bad, so bad for Dorian because he has literally no control over anything that's happening throughout this entire, or through the majority of this entire, at this point, this entire first part. And so you just get these little snippets of him here and there of, hey, I'm still here. Don't forget about me. <laughs> Don't forget about me. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm here, but. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like you said, it was a good a good closure for a lot of things that were kind of holding her back before moving forward. Yeah. I mean, to what part two had to bring. We see the death of Selena in this mm-hmm. part of the book. Yeah. You know, at, at the end, as she's cutting off Arabin's head, I mean, that, that really symbolizes the death of Selena. And, you know, she's just... She is Aelin now, even though she's been going by Aelin the entire section of this mm-hmm. book. Well, she essentially, I mean, she dons the Selena mask, like, one last time, she says, when she has to go into the keep and and act like a, you know, pompous assassin, <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Going in there and kicking the door open and... Asking what the hell's going on to everybody in there after Arabin died, and so yeah, she gets to don that mask one last time. I was a little disappointed with the fact that she sold the keep back to uh, I can't even remember the the assassin's name. Turn, with turn. That's mm-hmm. right. I really thought that that was going to play a bigger part in maybe some of the later books, but yeah. Well, I mean, it did what she needed it to do. She needed the money for it, from it. Yeah. But I gotta say, uh, Lysandra being a shapeshifter, didn't see that coming. Heck no. Arabin putting the ring on her finger, didn't see that coming. Nope. (laughs) Her fake, it being a fake, didn't see that coming. I literally was so thrown, like, those last couple chapters where I was like, what the hell is happening? What what is going on? It's a fake ring. Holy shit! What is that? What? What'd you do? You're a shapeshifter. What is that? Okay. I literally like those last couple chapters. I was literally like, oh 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 okay, all right, all right. I was pacing, pacing. Like, oh my gosh, he just licked her blood. He controlled her. Oh, just kidding. She was lying. (laughs) What did I text you, Skylar? Uh, I I believe you text me and you're like. Oh shit! No, not no, not with that part. Well, that is part of that. The the that was the first time I texted you. Oh shit! Because I was like, oh, a lead is Lady Marion's daughter. I know. <laughs> I didn't see that coming either. I knew she was going to be tied in somehow. Yes, but I was not expecting that. No, I as soon as she said something about about um, her mom knowing. Aelin as a child I texted Skylar and I was like oh shit and he's like what and I'm like (laughs) I'm like Aline is Lady Marion's daughter and he's like 
Now you got it. <laughs> I said, there it is. <laughs> but um, after that, I, I don't remember what I sent to you, but it was something along the lines of, it was something when they were doing the the ring stuff and and whatever and i'm like i am getting emotional whiplash over here going yeah. back and forth about i was literally oh no out. are you kidding me and then then i'm just like, kidding oh it's wait fine. never mind it's fine everything's fine it's <laughs> under control we saw this coming apparently i didn't but she did well i hate to say it that there was a part of like a point in time where it's like when um like they were plotting with the the one that they captured Steven. and like yeah and you like you knew something was going to be going on you knew that they were plotting something because well, well even the guys didn't know what was going on because they thought that she was going to like sneak her way back in mm -hmm. kill Arabin and then go kill Steven yeah and then so as soon as they took him down to the dungeon and Arabin killed him himself, I was like, okay, this is not what the plan was, but we're yeah. just going to go with it and see where it goes. Yeah. And then I'll, I literally thought shit was about to hit the fan. Like, oh shit, he's got a ring on her. Mm -hmm. He controls her now. Oh my gosh, this is not. And then she's like, I was like, oh my gosh, he controls her and no one's there to help her because no one knows what she's planning or whatever. And then, um, but then that wasn't the case and she figured it out the entire time. <laughs> Well, keep in mind, Rowan, at least Rowan, but Aelin, or Adian also kind of, they have like fey, partial fey hearing. They could hear too. They were right outside the door. Yeah, but I, they didn't say anything. So I wonder, yeah, did they know the whole time? We know. I thought Rowan, Rowan knew, knew right. but Adian didn't know mm. because she didn't want him to open his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it was just and he's like, you so didn't trust me with that? Yeah. It was just all over the place. It was. And then the whole thing going on with Manon and the Blackbeaks, like... Like, what the fuck? What? <sighs> Dude, that their, oh their stuff could be a whole separate story. It really could. Like, honestly. Like, we're... we're this book is slowly starting to tie all the characters in together. But it still is so separated that, yeah, it's just... It seems like a whole other book, their portion of things. I want to talk about how well Moss writes these female characters for us to hate them and then flip it around. Aw, uh, do you like Manon now? Did you hate Manon? No, I, I like Manon. I'm talking about uh, Lysandra. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, you hated Manon's story in, when it in first started. Era Fire, it was it was like, why are, why are we reading this? But, I mean, we knew leading up to it that it, it was going to have some kind of tie-in with the story yeah. going forward. We really just thought Lysandra was... Another Caltaine. Just, yeah, right. just there to be a pawn because of what Arabin needed to do. And then to find out now that it's like, she's been sly this whole time and is now like a big part of things. And I think what really got me with her is what she did for Evangeline. Yeah. I thought that was so cute. Like, despite of what it cost her. Yeah. Man, that's when she really started tugging at my heartstrings. It's like, okay. All right, you're not so bad. And then she just got better as the section went on. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, like, when I was doing a little bit of research after this and I was seeing some people's opinions on things, I had to agree with one of them that I saw that it's like, I think they said that they like 
the the relationship, the friendship that is beginning and growing now with Lysandra and Aelin better than they ever did the one with Selena and Nehemia. It seems so much more genuine. And I 100% agree. Oh, I, well, I won't disagree with it. I like Nehemia because she was a badass. Oh, yeah. Um, I was waiting for you to disagree, like hardcore. No, I. <laughs> I mean, was like your favorite character. She and was. You were so upset when she died. I was. I was very upset. <laughs> but on the flip side, I feel like uh, Adian is kind of the replacement for that character. Mm. You know. Well, and the the relationship between Nehemia and Aelin, um they kind of fed off each other for things that they needed. It, you know what I mean? It was a, I agree. It was a, um, whatever. It was a, it was a toxic, a toxic relationship between the two of them. Even though I think they, they wanted to be friends, you know, as these books have progressed, we've realized that, you know, Nehemia was in it. Maybe not necessarily. Right. For her kingdom. Even though she probably did want to be friends with Selena. But that wasn't. But Aelin needed yeah. her as a friend. And obviously that didn't turn out so well. So I, th- I think they were good for each other in the time that they needed to be good for, for what each it was. other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Nehemia was very clear about her intentions from the beginning. That mm-hmm. the only reason she was even in Rifthold was for her kingdom. To learn yeah. the ways for her kingdom. And all of that. Man, I miss her. I'm I'm actually really interest really interested to see what that brings about going forward still. Because, you know, we we get these glimpses of Elway, Elway in the books leading up to this where, you know, um uh the old man, I can't think of his name. There's a lot of characters at this point. I'm I can't spacing. even think. I can't oh, even spacing. think of his son's name. Was either. it Ren's grandfather? Yeah, Ren Allsbrook. Al- yeah, I mm-hmm. can't think of. It I'm starts spacing. with an M, doesn't it? It's like Mortimus. It is definitely no <laughs> Morbius. Morbius Mor- is the door knocker. <laughs> but we know that he left to go. You know, warn. Not necessarily send news, send to news that Aelin was back, and so we know Elway is in the loop. Somewhere coming up in the story. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great section. Great. Fantastic. Great. Loved every second of it. You could not put it down. How many days did it take you to read that? Four. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We recorded. And that's with a day off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I read Monday, Tuesday, finished part one. Read Thursday, Friday, finished part two. And that was it. Yeah. That's that's funny. So I've been sitting on this for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are a little busy. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Did you read anything else? Um, No. I just kind of took the week and laid low. I thought about picking up. Processed. Yeah, picking up another book. But I was like, you know, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to get it out of my head yeah, before that. we had the conversation about it. So, 
But yeah, I loved part one. I really loved part one. It was so good. So what, good. And what was part one called? The Shadow? The Shadow? Something a Shadow. Queen Shadow? Something mm-hmm. like that. Something Shadow. No, because part two is called Queen of Light. Part one is Lady of Shadows. Lady of Shadows. All right. Part two. Queen of Light. Aelin, Kaol, and Adian and Rowan follow a tip to the catacombs under the old shadow market looking for Hellfire as they plan to use that to destroy the clock tower. They find a temple made of bones and confessions of sinners. They discover that there is an ultimate Volg demon named Erewhon and believe that the king hid him in the mountains of Morath. Nezrin joins them and shares news that the king is building an army in Morath with dark soldiers, witches, and wyverns. On the way back to the apartment, Lorcan appears out of the shadows and puts a knife to Aelin's throat. He wants to know where the third word key is. He says Bran and Galathinius's ring isn't just sentimental to Maeve. It can grant immunity from the power of the Volg. Lorcan wants to exchange their word key for the ring. Rowan admits to Aelin how terrified he was when he thought Lorcan would hurt her, and he and Aelin begin to grow further in their changing relationship. But not a lot, because of thin walls and a cousin with fey hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Evangeline, the girl Lysandra is caring for, arrives at the apartment. She says the king kidnapped Lysandra because Arabin's will spoke of her shapeshifter bloodline. Kaol and Nezrin bring additional news that the king is now traveling to the Oakwald Forest to meet with the leader of the Wyvern Cavalry. Duke Parrington and Vernon Locken tell Manon that they want more witches to be implanted, this time from the Blackbeak clan. They see Caltaine's shadowfire magic in action, but Caltaine is quietly retaking her body from the Volg demon inside. Aelin's group heads to the Oakwald Forest, and the witches are already there waiting for the king, and they see Manon's grandmother arrive. The king's group noisily approaches, and Lysandra is in a, a prison wagon with them. Dorian's eyes go straight to Manon, and the demon thrashes inside as Manon approaches. He regains a bit of control over his body in her presence. When Manon asks his name, he can answer her, and the demon returns in full when his father returns, but his memories of Manon linger. Aelin rescues Lysandra from the prison wagon, and Kaol whisks her away into the woods, Aelin and Adian witness Manon's grandmother slap her, and Manon pleads her case about what's going on at Morath with the witches, but her grandmother will not listen. Kaol leaves Lysandra and secretly goes to kill Dorian, but the Thirteen are there to greet him. Rowan tracks Kaol by scent, and Aelin makes, uh, and when they arrive, Aelin makes a comment about Baba Yellowlegs, and Manon sees red. The witches run toward her, only to be trapped by an invisible wall that Aelin constructed using Kaol's blood in the grass and word magic. Aeon and her, Aeon, Aelin and her court flee. The witches track them down at a temple in the middle of a ravine with a series of old bridges connecting it to the land. Rowan gets shot in the shoulder with an arrow, and Aelin and Manon fight an epic battle on the island. Astrin and Adian want to join them, but are both told not to interfere. The island begins to collapse beneath them as uh, collapse beneath them as they fight. And as Manon is about to fall into the ravine, Aelin turns back to save her. 
She carries her over the bridge to safety, and Manon now owes her her enemy a life debt. Rowan is not in good shape from the arrow in his shoulder, and they take him to the only healer that they might possibly trust, a midwife at Nezrin's father's farm. Kale apologizes to Aelin for causing this mess when he went after Dorian. They also run into Fleetfoot. <laughs> the most important part of the book. Best character Fleetfoot ever. Is My favorite character. I was really excited to see that, honestly. Uh, Manon tells the king that there was an attack, but says she killed all the rebels. She asks the king if he will use Shadowfire with the weapons from her grandmother. They are giant, transportable battle towers lined inside with ancient mirrors. The mirrors can amplify any power the king chooses to use. Alid's uncle Vernon captures her while the witches are still gone, and he has figured out that she has blackbeak blood and locks her in a dungeon cell. Parrington summons Manon as soon as she returns to Morath, and she gets to read reports from around the kingdoms and realizes Aelin is friends with Dorian and must have been there to rescue him. Since Parrington provided her with information, he requests another group of witches for implantation. Astrin asks for a private meeting with Manon and tells her a secret from years ago. She fell in love with a mortal man and got pregnant. She carried the baby full term, which is rare for witches, but the witch, uh, the witchling was stillborn. Manon's grandmother was furious and hurt Astrin for it, and Astrin was heartbroken. She begs Manon to disobey her grandmother and not let the witches be impregnated. She and Astrin take off for Rifthold before heading, heading back to Morath. Lysandra thanks Aelin for rescuing her, surprised that they did so. She gets another surprise when Aelin gives her paperwork, saying that she and Evangeline are free from all debts. While Rowan is slowly recovering, one night he smells Lorcan on the roof, so he goes up alone to speak with him. Lorcan offers the ring he stole from Maeve in exchange for the Amulet of Orinth, and Rowan agrees. Aelin is inside waiting up for Rowan. Their plan worked, and Lorcan didn't realize that the amulet was a fake. Kaol and Aelin finally settle things between them. It goes well, and Kaol feels at peace. Aelin tells him Nezrin is interested in him, and later that night, Kaol and Nezrin discuss final battle plans, and Nezrin takes him to a city temple. She tells him about the southern conf- uh, continent where her father is from and how the best healers in the world reside in a city there. They hope after all this is over, they can figure out where to live together. Aelin and Rowan finally share a kiss the night before they go into battle, promising more to come once it's all over. The next morning, Aelin sees a message written on a banner from Manon meant for her. It says that the human is still inside Dorian. Rowan and Adian carry urns of hellfire in the sewers below the city and the catacombs below the castle. They realize that Lorcan has lied about killing all the word hounds. Some of them are waiting there to attack. Aelin leads Kaol through the city as a prisoner, and when they get to the castle, the king's guards, who had been Kaol's spies, are skewered on the castle fence. Uh, King's guards escort the two of them through the castle. No one searched them for weapons. It was a little weird. They make it to the king, who is seated on his glass throne with Dorian beside him. 
Dorian recognizes their faces, but then even pulls those thoughts away really quick. The king reveals he knows who Aelin really is. He makes his guards leave and says to stop pretending Kael's a captive. Aelin asks where the word keys are, and she tries to keep him talking to buy Rowan and Adian more time to blow up the clock tower. Rowan and Adian are fighting the word hounds. They know they're behind schedule as the clock tower strikes noon. Aelin reveals her Eye of Elena necklace and says to let Dorian go or she'll destroy it and then Erewhon will stay locked up forever. Aelin takes off running and the king sends Dorian after her. The king moves to follow them, but Kaol steps in his way. Dorian chases Aelin through the castle and she climbs higher in hopes the tower is destroyed soon to fight his ice with her fire. She jumps to a glass-covered bridge high between two castle towers and Kaol tries to kill the king to release Dorian from his bond. The king fights with black magic, and the word marks drawn on Kaol are failing. It appears that the king destroys him's the king destroys him with one final blast. Aelin and Dorian continue to fight on an icy castle bridge high in the sky. She continuously tries to jog his memory, but only the demon is there. He stabs her in the side with blades of ice. Rowan and Adian have killed four word hounds at this point, but three remain. Neither can get the fuse to blow up the clock tower. To everyone's surprise, Lorcan shows up to help them. They then beat the remaining three word hounds. Adian blows the explosives and destroys the tower. The blast traps the three men in the tunnel between debris and Volg soldiers who have just arrived. Manon and Astrin feel the return of magic as they're flying back to Morath. When they arrive, it's in chaos because of the effect of the magic. Manon looks for a lead and rescues her from the dungeons. She knows there will be consequences for defying Vernon. Caltaine ends up helping them escape. She blows up the mountain of Morath and sacrifices herself in the process. Uh, Parrington survived the blast and has new battle plans for the witches. Manon tells Elid to run and head north to find her queen in Terrison. Aelin uh, slips Anthro's ring on Dorian's finger as he stabbed her, enabling him to fight the demon in his head. The demon uses Dorian's power to send ice daggers at Aelin, but now her magic has returned and she counters with fire. Dorian finally sees Aelin through his own eyes. Rowan, uh, Rowan, Adian, and Lorcan are trying to fight their way past the Volg, but they just keep coming. They're prepared to fall now that they've restored magic and fought their hardest. They think it's hopeless, but then a ghost leopard appears. It's Lysandra in a new shapeshifter form now that magic is freed, and she helps them fight their way out. The king shows up where Aelin and Dorian were battling and says Kael put up a good fight but is gone. Kael's death and the ring on his hand bring Dorian out of the demon's hold. He snaps the word collar from his neck, and Aelin and Dorian fight together against the king. As Aelin nears burnout, the two clasp hands and their magic intertwines. They fracture the king's power, and when it's drained, they hear him speak in a foreign voice, his own. He says everything he did was to keep Dorian safe from Parrington, when they were young, the king and parent, uh, Parrington opened a crypt in Morath, and Erewhon took over the duke's body. Erewhon's minion took over the king's body. The king says he sensed Dorian's power as soon as he was born, so he built the towers, hoping to protect him. He asks Aelin to kill him for all he's done, 
and he tells them Kael is injured but actually survived. Aelin is glad she slipped the Eye of Elena in his pocket to protect them when he stayed back to fight the king. Dorian delivers the killing blow, and the glass castle shatters. The bridge they're standing on explodes, and they fall. Aelin uses every last bit of power she has to prevent the glass from decimating Rifthold. She feels wind magic from Rowan come up beneath her to give her a soft landing in the grass, and she briefly passes out. When she wakes up, Dorian is beside her and Kael is beside him. Aelin moves to the castle grounds to tell the assembled onlookers that their king is dead, but the prince lives. She says he's in mourning, but will emerge as their leader soon. She vows to keep the city safe until Dorian is ready to rule. Then Aelin, Dorian, and their companions hole up in the castle to rest and recover. Lorcan visits Rowan and says he knows that Adian's father is Gabriel, and says that the battle is far from over. When Aelin awakes, she visits Dorian, and he is struggling with the things that he did while wearing the collar and the weight of his new responsibilities as king. Aelin says that she will be there for him when he needs her, and their kingdoms will be allies. Dorian is beside Kaol's bed when he wakes up. Kaol is paralyzed due to his back being broken. Dorian recommends he goes to the healers at the South Continent and then names him the King's Hand. Kael and Nezrin talk about making the journey to the healers together. Aelin appoints Kael as ambassador for Terrison to the Southern Continent. She wants him to try and woo them to join Terrison and Adderlin while he's there. Aelin, Rowan, Adian, and Lysandra say their goodbyes and leave the castle to begin their journey. After three weeks, they set foot on Terrison soil, and at long last, Aelin Ashriver Galathinius is home. Whew. <sighs> what a ride, man. <laughs> so that was part two. And it was just as action-packed, if not more, as part one. Yeah, I mean, uh... <laughs> Nobody knows what to say. Honestly, I I feel like part two was like like the end of Game of Thrones where you're like, everything's like built up to this moment and it was just as good as I thought it was going to be with the king and fighting him and everything. It was so good. So, so good. But like I said, I think part one was like all the mischievous, you know, undercover stuff. Did you not like part two? No, no, no. But can I just pause you? Because you said it was like the end of Game of Thrones, where everything lived up to what it was supposed to be, and it was how it needed to be at the end. And let me just tell you that anybody you ask about the end of Game of Thrones, cover your ears, Skylar. I have headphones is, on. <laughs> no. Is not going to say no. that they agree with it ending as it should have. Okay, let me back up then, because I also <laughs> did not like the end of Game of Thrones. However, <laughs> it was eight seasons built up to a big war. Okay, which I, is I get what, what you're. Was. I get what you're no, saying there. I did not like season eight either, but that's a well, whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We but won't. Sky it was. Seen that, it was so. a huge buildup, and I get it was what you mean now. so good. It was so good in this book, and I loved. Oh it. yeah, I loved the little ties with Dorian. And how that was like a side fight. Man, that was just was just icing on the cake. So good. Um, you know, I like the twist 
at the end where, you know, we've had this huge lead up over the the past four books that the king is the bad guy. That the king is, you know, Erewhon. And then we figure out it's Duke Barrington. I was like, man, that's that's a great way to kind of keep this story moving. I don't know how I feel about that. I thought that from as soon as I knew that there was a... In Morath, I thought it was the Duke since he was over there controlling the witches anyway. I thought that that's the Duke was going to be, it was going to be that. Cause we still have three more books to go through. Yeah. And so I knew that they had, were talking about, you know, like going into the castle and all this stuff. I was like, well, the King dies. It can't be that easy. Yeah. So I, th- when I, we had originally heard that name, I, I assumed it was the Duke and that there was going to be more than just, yeah. I, I wasn't ready for the second part of this book. Because I didn't, I didn't expect the king to die. Not yet, no. No, I, I figured that was that was that Endgame. Was, that yeah. was, you know, we have three more books to go through. That was the final boss. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was. So. Bad, yeah. I just I thought it was an extremely well placed kind of plot twist at the end of this book where he's like, "Oh hey, no, I'm not the real bad guy. <laughs> I tried to fight it, but I couldn't." I know, but I'm telling you right now, if there's mm. one more bad guy, let it, like it's not actually the Duke, and we're getting into a whole like Pretty Little Liar situation. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna <laughs> Don't be even mad. Get started on that. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. Where it's like, oh, every other episode, it's someone different. So I'm, I'm really hoping that like we have like this build up too, because now every like all the focus is now gonna switch. Yeah. To whatever happens, whatever's happening in Morath, because they mm-hmm. have no idea what's going on, and so. All that attention is going to shift over and it's going to be like this whole new focus, this whole new fight. What are we going to do with that? Because he's going to be way stronger than what the king even was. And that was bad. But now we have a word key. So how do we use that to our advantage? You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be this whole new big switch. I just, I'm just hoping that it's not going to be like we're, two. We're about to have two. Yeah. Because yeah. before Caltain kills kills herself i mean and you know yeah, half of morath true. yeah she she pulls the word key out of her arm yeah because gives during it to this, a lead yep during this whole section and i think even in part one they're talking about how she's got this giant scar down her arm mm-hmm. and right. at the end of it she's like oh hey if Digs you it uh, out of her arm. If, if you see selena sardothian give her this and i was like man the whole first book of hating this I this know. lady, and now yeah. now she has this. Kind of makes you feel like yeah. shit. What was what was your name for her? Bitch. <laughs> she was. Uh, she was. So, back on the king thing for a minute. I I just I don't know how I feel about that. About the. No, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't actually me. I'm I'm good in here. I was trying. I don't. No, I think that's bullshit. I. And even if it wasn't, I just don't think I like that part personally. I would have liked it to just stay. Where he was saying that he was just protecting Dorian. Where, where he was at fault. I don't know. I just, I think it was like a cheap way to write him at that point. I don't I, know. But as far as like the Erewhon thing, I thought he, I didn't. I didn't catch on that it would have been Parrington. I thought it was going to be his own 
his own entity. I thought mm. they were going to raise him as as him. As just a shadow creature or what, you know, whatever. Some sort of word, word demon. <laughs> Even though we know that the Vogue can't, can't seem to live without being hosted by something. I was just thinking because it was, you know, big bad. I was thinking that that would be different. It'd be some sort of, you know, maybe he would embody the mountain or something. You know, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Well, he's buried beneath the mountain. I thought this <laughs> was a Game a of Thrones reference again. Oh. <laughs> but I, yeah, I did not see the Parrington thing coming. I because think... it, it seems like he was so fairly anticlimactic this entire time. But it makes sense, right? He, he was he yeah. the king's hand, correct? Or, or yeah. is he just... Right. Yeah. So when I started thinking that it was the Duke, it was... Partway into part one where they were talking about, oh, when they were going to, like, save Adian, and they were talking about, you know, like, the whole aspect of everyone who was there, and, you know, obviously, like, the Duke is with Caltane and Morath, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, man, the king seems really obvious, because I was thinking about this more, and then the further we got in, and they started talking about Erwin, I was like, and he was in Morath, I was like, hmm, in the mountain, I was like, huh. Yeah. Now that I think, like, the king just seems like an obvious choice. It's like, what if it's the duke? And then it came out, it was him. I was like, hmm, that's, a, that's really smart. But then, I'm, I'm really curious, because I, I would love to pick her brain. Because I'm curious if, <laughs> if this was always the plan, or we made this little twist so we could have three more books. If what was always the plan? To have Duke Parrington be the bad guy. Ah, well... Because up until this point, it didn't necessarily have to be. There was no indication that it was the Duke. But think about it. I I don't. I think other books were still probably planned because there are still things that haven't been wrapped up. I mean, regardless of just the King and the Duke situation. I mean, we've got the whole witch situ- situation. We've got Maeve. We've got the Wastes. We've got. But you think she had this planned from book one? This specific plot point, I don't know. I but really don't. The think fact so. of more books, yeah. So yeah, but I, mean, I don't think this specifically was planned because she could have kept the king alive and just. I agree. Moved on. I agree. I think this was just a nice little twist. I oh, it was yeah. smart. I mean, it was super smart. Either way, I, I, I did not predict it. Yeah. Which I love. This whole book was a "what the fuck is going on" sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I I think that this book could have wrapped up the story and been okay. But she she found a way to be able to write three more books and I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it was very well written, very descriptive. I I pictured it very well. I enjoyed that. I think I sent you, as I was reading it, I sent Skylar another message that just said, like, what the heck, when uh, Kale had run off to find oh, yeah. Dorian. I sent him a <laughs> screenshot of just the one page. There was one single page that said Kale was gone. And I sent him a screenshot of that, and I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with it because it led up to the best yeah. battle scene in any of these books so far. 
when her and Manon are going oh at my it, gosh. I was I was in heaven. Savage. Well, yeah. I was not expecting that to happen in this book. No, me neither. And so when it did, which is something I had been waiting for, like when they when those groups finally come together, yes. like everyone is in one spot. Because, you know, the Blackbeaks were supposed to be working for the king and all that. So when they come together and her and Aelin are going at it, like, 1v1. Mm. Oof, that was so good. It was phenomenal. Like, they, that honestly, like, that that was my favorite fight scene thus far also. Like, loved it. So yeah. good. And they, then the, how the allegiance just turned. But I thought it was interesting because, like, this whole book, she's been, like, Manon's been fighting, like, just moral standards oh, back and totally. forth this whole time. With, you know, giving witches to the Duke for experiments and whatnot. And that's just not how they do things. Which I find interesting that her grandmother is like, um, no, do what you're told. When that's not been the way of their people. Her grandmother knows who it is. She has to. She has to. She has to be in it. Oh, there's, yeah, definitely something more going on there. Shady. Shady. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah, and then when finally when Aelin saves her and she's like, no, I literally owe you my life. And then everything just switches in. I was like, yeah, which is what you predicted that they were going to work together, the Blackbeaks and the with Aelin. Yeah, oh, I seem to remember you guys being like, "Well, that's obvious." So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm trying to give you credit here, but yeah, I appreciate well, it. Manon was having, I feel like, morality struggles even in Air of Fire. I agree. Was I mean not as obvious, and not that she'd admit it to herself at that point, but. But she chose the smallest. Yeah. How she do you was... pronounce that? Wyvern? Wyvern, Wyvern, whatever. Wyvern. 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 Yeah. But choosing like the smallest one based mm-hmm. on how that fight happened. I mean, she got a bunch of backlash for that. Well, and then going against, she was always going head to toe with her grandmother, I feel like. Well, and she had multiple times where she thought back to the Kroken witch mm-hmm. talking about, you know, being raised this way but not born that way is it croaken is that how you say that I or is believe... it croshin i mean i've I don't been remember. saying croaken i don't remember okay. i'm just curious because i've been saying it's croshin yeah i know amanda well, amanda tends to listen to the audiobooks a little bit more but yeah i don't remember think about it ck and a lot of the other words like kaol lorkin lockin they're all k- so I thought it was Kroken. Oh, that's fair. Anyway. I, I mean, you know, we like you said, we've we've seen this her fighting with her morality. But we get this great backstory for Astrin. Oh my god. Like just this fantastic, you know, what, two or three chapters where they, they just get really into this It's really raw. This backstory for a character who you know, I don't think anybody expects anything from. Yeah, she's just point. kind of a supporting character, honestly. Right. Yeah. It makes sense all of her actions and her personality that's just slightly different from the straight face, straight lace, black beaks. And then, I mean, it makes a lot more sense, too, as we're going through this, that the rest of the 13 know because of the way that they act. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is uh, this is extremely well written. Mm-hmm. for just, you know, kind of in secondary character mm-hmm. to Manon. Like, we've been in the dark, but also sh- they've kept Manon in the dark right. about this situation, plus other situations that are going on at the hands of her grandmother. Well, she shows a little bit of her heart, too, which 
hasn't been a lot. (laughs) But but even when like Elite steps up and tells her like her story and Manon is just instead of scolding her is just straight up like, well, do you think that evil is born or made? And Elite very bravely at that point is like, well, that's not not a question that I need to answer. Yeah. Like, man. But to just let her like tell that story and, you know, listen to her and apply that to herself man oh my gosh that section was so good i literally i love their story in this book development i i was really really hesitant in air fire Mm -hmm. they were introduced in air fire yeah yeah because i was like you know i just don't i don't understand it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. where does this fit in with this story we've been reading right it seemed so out of place and i mean it was so sudden when they they introduced it it you was know. so slow at that point at the beginning. It was. It, yeah. It, it drug on. I I hated having to read through those parts at some times. But at this point, I am super glad that this this is a section in these books. Because, you know, we get to see... This is how we see behind the enemy lines. This is, this is you know, a big part of what's going on in... Um, I lost it. Marath. 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 Thank you. I wanted to put an N in it. Um, you know, we wouldn't get the Caltane story if it weren't for Manon. That's true. Yeah. We wouldn't get the Eldie story if it weren't for Manon. Elid. Elid, sorry. Yeah, yeah Masa's really good at finding those characters, like you said, that you absolutely hate. And then they just have these redeeming qualities, like... Lysandra and Caltain. So and... unexpected. Yeah, Those like... two. It was so unexpected. I gotta say, I do get kind of lost sometimes, like, everyone's heritage and ancestry. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this person's half fae. Now, this person's half witch. <laughs> okay, let me keep this straight. Wait, you're a shape- shapeshifter. That's cool. Awesome. I feel like that's just, like, standard fantasy trope, though, right? Where everybody's got to have some, something. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, like, heritage, though, okay, so witches get witch blood from their moms, so Lady Marion, like, yeah, what? Like, who knew? Did they know? Were they aware? Like, I, that's a good question. I, I would blacky. say that they yeah. were probably, they probably knew she had witch blood, but she wasn't full-fledged witch, because yeah. don't they say that it's like... Her, like, great-great-grandmother was a witch or something. Still, it just makes me curious about, like, Marion's husband and, like, Aelin's parents and... How old was Marion at the point that she saved Aelin? Does it... Does... I I know it's not Eldie. That's what I've called her this whole book, so you're gonna have to forgive me. Um, Yeah. Does the witch blood grant her a longer life or, you know, healing properties now that magic's back? Yeah, like, what does that mean for a lead in the future? A lead. Eldie. (laughs) Eldie. You you had a little bit of (laughs) dyslexia going on there. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how, like, just the country processes, like, moving forward now that magic is back because they've gone so long without it. Yeah. And now all these people are going to come out and they've got all their they're adjusting back to magic and yeah like who who's gonna come out of the woodwork and uh, i'm real curious to see her integration and back into terrison 
I'm really curious how many people she's going to set on fire when she gets mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, let's, let's talk about that, right? I mean, she straight up threatens everybody in Ripple that if they break any law, she'll burn them to where there's nothing left. She did, like any threat she can. I feel like she was just throwing them. Like even like Adian when he got pissed off about um, Rowan taking the blood oath, which I think he was justified because she didn't tell him and he was expecting to do that. Sure, whatever. They get in this fight and she goes, "If you break anything, I'll take the shards and shove them down your throat." I'm like, oh, if you break anything All in right. my apartment. Like okay, but there's just threats left and right, man. Like. I mean, I think she was just being super protective over Dorian at that point, you know, when she threatens everybody, you know, because she knew that he wasn't okay and needed to heal at that point. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you know, she's she's shown her power. Who are you talking about, Dorian? Yeah, at the end where she threatens all the people that are out there. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. She's like, you know, stay in line, give them a little bit. But, I mean, at the end of it, you know, the people of Rifthold have seen what she can do because she literally saved them from the entire glass castle falling on the city. And now there's a giant glass bubble around (laughs) around the stone castle. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, at that point, they're scared of her. I mean, she probably could have just glared at them and they probably wouldn't have broken any laws, right? Yeah. Add a little bit of spice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. It was so good. Yeah, it was very well written. It was so good. I, I'm i super happy with this entire book. Um, yeah. I There wasn't... There wasn't a chapter in this book that I thought was poorly written or... Filler. Filler, yeah. you know misplaced or anything were you ever bored Mm-mm. no not at all there were no parts i was like skimming through because i was like can we get done with this section no it was like one of those like it ended and you're like oh shit okay i gotta read one more oh shit okay one more one yeah. more one more yeah especially so. towards the end i yeah. mean those last yes. like 12 chapters were like mm-hmm. i can't put this down i, I can't Ugh. put right. it down right. i was up until 2 a.m one morning because I couldn't put it down. On a work night? On a work night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jess was passed out and I was like, oh no, what's going on? Oh my gosh. And when, then I finished it the next day. But When I thought that Adian and Rowan and Lorcan were not going to get out of those tunnels. Yeah. I was. I was stressed. I was ready to cry. <laughs> I was getting very emotional. And I was, I was like reading between doing things at work you know <laughs> so i was like i can't i can't handle this right now i cannot handle I this at this I moment i can't take your phone call I, <laughs> no i'm like i can't keep reading and then end up sobbing because at one point i'm like oh, i'm just loving what's going on and skylar's like yeah but have you cried yet and i'm like no <laughs> am i going to i hate those comments skylar stop <sighs> that so i i was very thankful for Missandra at that point because I did not think that that was going to end well. I wonder why she chose a leopard. Because her and Adian talked about it. Because Adian was terrified of him. Yeah. 
I don't remember that. Yeah, it's when they were on their way back to Rifthold from the uh, rescuing. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Okay, I do remember They're that. They're talking about like wildlife and her yeah, being yeah. a shapeshifter. And he's like, After just never that. turn into a ghost leopard. Yeah. And, and Aelin's like, yeah, their green eyes will get you. And she looked at him with her green eyes. Yeah, I forgot that that was a, top, <laughs> that was a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I thought funny. it was very <laughs> fitting. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, I mean, let's let's talk about our biggest disappointments with this book. Did you have any? No, you can go first. You obviously have them. I do. I have one giant disappointment with this book. K.L. should have died. It would have been way more impactful for the end of the story. I can't say that was a huge disappointment, but I was... I, it was a little disappointment for me. I was surprised. And it was a little disappointment. I just, I mean, I think the way that that he sacrifices himself at the end, um, it it just would have made a lot, a lot more sense to, to have let him die. I think the whole Nezrin story would have been really well flushed out after that. Um, you know, we would have get a, actually see a little grieving from one of the main cast at this point, which I don't, I mean, we've seen, but not full fledged and maybe we'll see it in the coming books, but I mean that, that out of everything in this book, that was my one thing that I was like, eh. yeah. Cause there are two points we could have just, we could have let him die. Well, and I didn't realize, like, I I had this, I had this oh shit moment um, when Aelin runs out and Dorian chases after her and, like, I don't know if she says something or gives a look to Kaol or something. And and it was at that point that I was like, <gasps> he knows, he knows he's going to die. He That's what they were saying on the way in when she's like, like, you did a good job or you, you know. Mm-hmm. So something whatever she said to him at that point and then i was like oh well that's more impactful now realizing that this was that was his plan amanda you got anything i don't really think about that being as something i mean i did expect him to die and i like you jess i was surprised when they're like oh yeah you just paralyzed but he's fine i was i did expect him to die because yeah. i thought that conversation was like a nice Mm-hmm. ending moment like mm-hmm. hey we're good now you did a good job well and the, so you did what yeah. you know especially since he's he's been struggling with that the whole time about you know serving a king that he has for most of his adult life but then knowing what he's doing is wrong and figuring mm-hmm. out his own path and so i thought that that was what was going to happen which i had expected him to die eventually. And I thought this would have been a good moment to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know what I necessarily see for his future going forward, but I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if I would say that I was disappointed that he wasn't. Did you have any like other disappointments in the book? <laughs> Things that you didn't like? Hmm. No, I really liked that Lysandra was the one that killed Arabin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah. I really liked that decision. 
I think it was good for Aelin, too. Yeah. As much as she wanted to, I think it was good that she didn't. Um, I don't think she wanted to. I don't think she could have. I think, in theory, she wanted him dead. I don't think she wanted to kill him. I was surprised that Dorian was the one that ended up killing his dad. Oh, talking about just a great plot point in general was that that whole conversation at the end. I I loved it. I mean, you know, I understand that we just talked about this a few minutes ago that you guys are like, well, I mean, you know, but I loved it where he's like, everything I did, I did for you. Do you think that was true? I think it was 100% true. I think in those last moments, he finally had that the, clarity, the vogue out of his head, and he was able to speak what was coming mm-hmm. out. But I don't think he could have held it off for more than, you know, a few minutes. So he took yeah. the time, and he's like, you know, I constructed the towers to save Dorian, and because I knew Aelin was still alive. You know, it's just things like that. I think, I think, really solidify that maybe the king before he opened that tomb was probably a really good, a good king. I do like how they um, touched back on the point that we heard multiple times in the first couple books about how the clock tower was constructed around the time that Dorian was born. I love that they did tie that back in and make it make sense in, you know, in describing everything. As far as Dorian taking out the king, I, I did kind of love when when the king, you know, was going through his little spiel of what happened and essentially Dorian was like, no, fuck that, and then killed him anyway. <laughs> like, no mercy. Mm-hmm. He's like, nope, not going to deal with it. Not even gonna entertain this. You're you're out. Well, I mean, to be fair, he has the he had every right to be pissed. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Especially with the end of Air Fire when they killed Sorsha and oh, gosh. yeah, um, you know he thinks Kaol is dead and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm glad Dorian was the one to do it. I was just also surprised. I I was. Yeah. I thought, I mean, because, you know, despite the fact that, like Arobin and Aelin, it's this person that has done so many bad things, but it's also the person that raised you. I mean, it and with even Aelin and Arobin, like, it was such a teeter-totter relationship. Like, mm-hmm. there were really good moments where she really liked him and... There was that line, oh, is he even my lover? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Her, but then her. there were times like she hated him. And it was this, I feel like it was the same with Dorian and his dad. Like there were times he really wanted to impress him and, you know, do what he could to be the next king and sh- prove himself. But then there were times he's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is not what it's supposed to be. So I was, I was really, I was surprised that Dorian, I mean, maybe it was out of anger, but regardless, you know, I wish that. This is just me personally because as it should be my mind. Um, I wish that when Manon found, found out what they were doing with the yellow legs down in the dungeons that she would have like stepped up for her kind. But I understood why it couldn't have been that way for her character. I get it. And I appreciated the back and forth of what she was internally dealing with 
But I was just like, oh my gosh, how can you just sit there knowing what they're doing downstairs? Because we have a moral compass. I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, <laughs> all right. She literally gave you just like a play-by-play of what she saw. But whatever, it's fine. We'll just move on and <laughs> pretend it's not happening. <laughs> well, and let's let's talk about... Uh, the description of the witchlings? Well, I mean, you know. Ew. Gosh. <laughs> I'm thinking about the the gentleman who walks out of that room and then proceeds to die three chapters later. And <laughs> it was Roland, It was right? Roland. Roland, which, you know, the one person who had Dorian's back through uh, Crown of Midnight, and then he just disappears for, for a whole book. Yep. And then he gets introduced and then immediately dies. Yeah. I was kind of bummed out about that. I know. Too. I wish he would have been, yeah, more of a, he would have played more of a part in all of that. We had enough background characters that came and played big parts. I think I it's know. okay that he stayed background character, side supporting, whatever you want to call him. I did like that little, that little plot point there, though. I I think that was another thing I messaged Skylar about I had as no, I was reading. I was not expecting that one well, either. They, yeah, they gave the description of the guy like when um, Alid saw him right. in there with the witches. And then they gave the description of the guy when he came up, um, you know, into the room with the 13. And it didn't didn't register with me mm-hmm. until it didn't register with me either no. he said his name and then i was like okay there it is so i just i like that that was a little there are just so many plot points that the author just circles back on and makes connect mm-hmm. in places that it should and i appreciate that like i the other one where when the king is talking as himself and points back to the time that he went and had dinner at Aelin's parents' place when she was young and made a point of saying what he was trying to do at that point and, like, made that make sense. So Think about that, though, right? Where he's like, you know, I wanted you to kill me at that dinner. That's why, that's why I was messing with your head. Mm-hmm. And your mom stopped it. So... Her mom is now the direct reason that <laughs> Terrison was taken over. Her family is dead. Think about it, though. If that actually happened and Aelin actually killed the king at that point, things would not have gone well. Oh, no. They so, wouldn't have gone well. But Terrison at least would have had a fighting chance. Because they're like, they they mention it throughout the books that Terrison was a powerhouse because of the magic and... But I mean, they the, it wouldn't have gone well for the king and queen of Terrison because their daughter killed the king of Adderlin. Like, but they would have at least been able to defend themselves. That's that's just what I was getting at. If they would have gone to war with, they could have got shit from people in Terrison too. Like for no, for just killing someone no reason. You think? I just think it would have. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like it happened, and this all book anyway. But I. Uh, I think that this it, is the alternate story. <laughs> it could. I think it would have. I don't think it would have been a good situation. Obviously, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. What actually happened was not a good situation either. But that yeah. we can start pinning the blame back on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, now let's... Oops, sorry, didn't let my daughter kill the king. Yeah, Whoops. Now, now let's talk about our mommy issues because <laughs> it's all her fault. <laughs> all right, guys. I mean, let's let's talk about what we think is going to happen in uh, the coming in, story. In what? What are we doing next? Yeah. <sighs> Why do you guys sound so defeated? Because it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, regardless of talking about how we're doing the next book right now, like, yeah, what what do we have theories for what will be coming in the future? Regardless of what book it's in. So, we've seen the alliance between Manon and Aelin, and Manon is like, okay, I'm going back to... to Morath. Morath, thank you. I'd like I said, I keep wanting to put an N in there, and it just doesn't it doesn't come out. Where do you want to put the N? Moranth. Oh, I didn't know if it was like Moran or Norath <laughs> or... Moran. Monath or... Do we think that in the coming books, it's just going to be all-out battle between the witches and Terrison and... I don't think so. No. No? I don't think we're there yet. Mm-mm. I think there's going to be a lot more build-up. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a Kingdom of Ash thing. I think these next two books are going to be very, very political. A lot of people placement for getting things all in line for the final battle. Yep. I think there's gonna be a lot to do with Adian and his ancestry now that he knows who Um, his parents are. I think that that's gonna play a big part in this next book. Do you think we're gonna get closure on the Maeve story in this one? Mm, I bet that'll be Kingdom of Ash. I think that'll she's be the last brutal. One. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think that's gonna fall into she's, she's a force, man. I really don't think that she's gonna go down easy. So I don't think it's gonna be. I I feel like we have to get closure on one of the two side stories going on with Aelin right now, and that's either the the Volg or the Mave. And I don't think we're gonna do them both in the last book. But we've got we've got like. Three big, big, like, uh, you know, issue people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call. We've got Maeve, we've got Parrington, and then we've got the witches. They're separate. No, I the witches and Parrington at this point, I think, are still considered one mm-hmm. because they go back to Marath. Marath. There's no N. I can't Marath. help it. Yeah. Marath. They go back, and she, Manon says, we're going to fight. I still think it's... I mean, there's still a separate storyline going on there. I mean, despite what they're being used for, there's they still have their own... their own agendas and storyline amongst themselves as the witches. So when it comes down I to think. it, Manon owes Aelin a debt. No, she no, paid she it. No, she paid it with the... Oh, you're right. The you're right. About Dorian. But still, you don't think that she's going to stand next to her in a battle? You think she's going to stay with the Duke? No, I think at the very end, I think that they will end up battling together. All of the witches or just the Blackbeaks? Mm, I don't even know about all the Blackbeaks, but the 13. So there's a lot of witches that the Duke has. Control. The blue bloods will join I'm, Manon. I'm the yellow legs will not. 
I'm curious about that though because didn't wasn't there a comment about the blue bloods in this book about how they were simpering for somebody how they were what like I don't remember what it was about but I thought there was a part where they it's like they were falling over their feet for somebody or some situation or something and it was surprising to Manon I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't know. Guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm curious on if there will be an Adian and Gabriel meeting. I'm curious to see exactly what happens with Alid until she meets up in the north and how she inevitably has to at some point connect the name Selena to Aelin because mm-hmm. she's got to get that figured out like I'm sh- I'm sure there's going to be a point where like she runs into Aelin but doesn't realize that that she's Selena and so doesn't give over this thing not realizing it you know what I mean like there, I feel like there's going to be some sort of disconnect there where it's oh, like it's bound to happen like, right yeah, it it seems like a typical thing that happens in stories. Like, I don't know. That just seems inevitable. My theory is is we bring the Maeve story to a close by the end of the next set of books. Hmm. And then I the hope. final books are Parrington and the 13. And I just, yeah. I think... I think there's too much to put into that final book to close the Maeve story mm-hmm. and the, the Volg story. Have you seen the size of that book? I've seen the size <laughs> of that book. I have. I wonder how many parts that'll be. Probably two. Gosh. I say probably just two, yeah. 450 pages each. Gosh. I mean, I can see that happening too. I'm curious. I'm curious where we go in the Southern Continent. What all happens there? With Kaol and Nezrin. I read the back of the book, so... Yep. I know one of my predictions comes true. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else are we thinking might happen? Amanda? I'm, got I'm any? excited. I'm just excited to see where it goes. Because yeah. it literally could go anywhere. Now that they're back in Terrison. Yeah. I want to see how that welcome home goes. If it goes. If it goes. Well, it'll go somehow. How's it going to go? The first half of this book is going to be alliance building. Integration. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to meet uh, Nehemia's parents, I'm sure. Mm. Mm. And there's there's just going to be, there's going to be a lot. I'm really interested to actually see if uh, the first, king and queen actually come back at any point in these books or if that's just going to be a kind of a forgotten plot point and i really hope mort's okay (laughs) yeah i was gonna say she she was what trying to get to him at one point but it was the the tunnels were sealed Mm -hmm. yeah i was um i was excited when she when Aelin, um went to go fight in the pits and the name that she used, I can't remember the name now. It was the girl from the Red Desert. 
I forget the name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, there's there's a callback to a book that I don't think any of us want to remember, but no, but it was just it was just one of those things where it's like tie it into something, make it make sense, and uh, yeah, and it did, and I enjoyed that. I can't think of what her name was. Start with an A. Lots of names in here. Start with an A. <laughs> Amanda, you got anything else you want to add? You want to talk about? You're looking pretty tired over there. I am. <laughs> no, I think you're right with the political stance because, you know, she's back in Terrison trying to reclaim that land. Dorian's going to have to figure out how to be king. Be king and maintain all of that. So it'll 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 be interesting not in kansas anymore <laughs> it's a great movie jessica <laughs> i didn't say it wasn't <laughs> jessica do you have anything else you would like to add no i don't i went through all we we went through a lot yeah we did we did definitely did looking forward to the next two what are you guys drinking tonight? <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> twisted tea. I love my Twisteds. I got blueberry wine, so. Oh, blueberry wine. Nice. Let's, uh, let's rate this book. Oh, I forgot about rating the book. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's starting? <laughs> Jessica? Um... Start writing these down. I don't remember what I rated. I'll write them down when I, go, when I go back and we edit a, the episodes. We need a chart, man. Yeah. yeah. I. What did we rate, Air of Fire? I'm, I'm rating this 4.8. Whoa. <laughs> I love this book. Dang. I can rate every book we read after this a 4.8 and be okay. I don't have to keep improving. It's mm. okay. I could rate the next one of two. Probably won't, but... You never know. I'm sticking with it. Love this. Amanda? I'm going to four. Solid. I'm going to four. I'm, like, very stingy about 4.5 and above, so I'm going to go four. I I think I'm going to go... Uh, I think I'm gonna go four too. I think I'm right there with you. I want to give it like a a four point five, but I feel like that doesn't leave enough. You don't have to always have like improvement room. You can enjoy this book the same measure that you enjoy the next book. You can rate them the same. Just because there is a book series does not mean that it has to improve with each book. No, no, no. But I want, you know, say at some point in the future we read a book and it is literally my definition of perfect. I don't want to be like, well, I gave Queen of Shadows a 4.5. Now I can't. Get, I have to give this a 4.5 because I got to give it higher. It's just the way my brain oh works. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I I mean, I I think I'll even push it to, to a 4.2. I, I'm not I, making you change your answer. I'm just telling you, you don't have to compare I can't help Take it. it as it is. I do the same thing. It's okay. Whatever. This, We're the same. The The book was fantastic. Yeah. You can tell that 
as this series goes, she gets better and better at writing. Yeah. What's going on? I'm looking forward to the next, the <laughs> next three. This says a lot about her as an author, also, which is great. So, I think I'll, I'll think I'll push it to a four point two. I, I very, very much enjoyed this book. Way to talk him into it, Jess. Good job. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. The battle scenes were extremely well written. I wish they'd just make a TV show out of it. That mm-hmm. way I could see that Manon, uh, Man, Aelin fight. That budget would be huge. When I was doing the research before we did this, um, looking through things about Queen's, uh, Queen of Shadows, there was a startup for a series around that had to do with queen of shadows by hulu in 2016 i believe and nothing's come of it since then but no one has stated whether it was shelved or Hmm. still something that may possibly be in the works or whatever but the thought existed at one point She's working on A Court of Thorns and Roses for streaming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's just been within the last the last couple years. Right. Yeah, and that's been slow to slow to get going. Too. I'd I'd rather see this than that. I'm not even gonna get into that. Okay. Not even a we'll debate I want to have. I have no After opinion. After read them, so I have no opinion. No, but I think I'm going to, I give it a four just because, not that the, there was so much going on that was bad, it was just a lot to keep track of, and I, I did lose track of the initial goal that was presented at the beginning, because like yeah. I said earlier, like I'd completely forgot that we were there to get the amulet, totally, totally spaced that, because there was just a million side stories, so I think that's why I went with a four. Not that it was bad and I didn't enjoy it, I just really want, like... I just really want those high numbers to literally be chef's kiss. It was a little busy at some points. Not that the busy parts were bad, but you're right. It was hard to keep track of some things. Like, I agree. It was hard to keep track of when Lorcan was here, when Aelin was there, right. who was on the streets <laughs> when, where Rowan was coming in. Like, what what section yeah. we're doing what in, like, in that whole area with me. Well, and then there were certain chapters that switched perspectives, but then there were certain sections within chapters that yes. switched perspectives. Yes. So I was kind of, like, hopping all over. Like, and like I said, it was fantastic writing. It was so good. But I did have to, like, a couple points, like, set the book down and be like, oh, deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I am going to change my rating one more time. I'm going to give it a one because of the relationship between Aelin and Rowan. I can't stand That's you. That's a different grading scale. <laughs> I can't stand you at all. If we're if we're rating these books on, on Aelin's... Uh, Did we just go through and rate the relationship? Yeah, Let's rate all her they're love all, interests. They're all uh, sub one. Oh my gosh. What a man. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. Alright, well, I'm going to wrap it up and... I'm ready for bed. <laughs> it is midnight. So. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to A Court of Books and Booze um, this week. Queen of Shadows. Fantastic book. 
make sure you go check out Throne of Glass, the complete series. It's been fantastic. Um, socials will be coming out soon. <laughs> so, um, I'm having a really hard time coming up with these guys. <laughs> so next time we all get together, it'll be at least a month our time. We're reading two books at the same time, doing a tandem read, and that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we will be reading the next two books together. Which is Same Tower- timeline, different locations, different characters. Tower of Dawn and... Empire of Storms. Empire of Storms. For some reason, I have a really hard time remembering that mm-hmm. second book. But. I'm sure with how much you're going to be looking at it. You'll get it in down. In the next few weeks, oh, you'll yeah. remember it. <laughs> All right, guys. So make sure you go check out the Golden Mojo Entertainment Network of Podcasts. If you enjoyed this, I'm sure you'll enjoy one of those. We have Murderers, The Call Guys, Indiana Cheese Fans, United States of Paranormal, and the Golden Image Podcast. So go check them out wherever you listen to podcasts. Anything you guys want to add? Nope. Nope. Read with you later. Bye.